one and all to episode 82 of the Scum and Villainy podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast for breakdown latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, it's Noah to George. Oh, hey, what's going on? Hey, it's you here, too. Yeah, not it's only me. are we I'm the... Uh, it, it, it's a me. It's a, it's a me, the <laughs> co-pilot. Uh, not only are we going to be covering some Star Wars news today, but we are also going to be the latest and greatest in some other Lucasfilm news today. Are you excited? The latest and greatest in It Belongs in a Museum news. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones 5, It Belongs in a Museum, referring to Harrison Ford himself. Uh, but no, no, that is not the only thing that we are going to be discussing today. We've also got some details on Mando Season 3, uh, including the release date and some official images and some plot details. Uh, Daisy Ridley had an exciting lunch. We're going to be fast our tinfoil hats for that discussion. Uh, yes, we also are going to be talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm not going to be doing a full trailer breakdown as this is not an Indiana Jones podcast, but we definitely wanted to give our thoughts and excitement on that. Ironically, uh, that trailer dropped mere hours before we recorded last week's episode where I was like, you know what? If I had to pick one thing to see from the new Lucasfilm batch <laughs> of works, it would be Indiana Jones. So it uh, seems like I got my wish. So very excited be talking about that um and then we're going to be ending our uh, episode here with a an extended conversation of all of the details uh, revealed for star wars jedi survivor um, we're going to be getting another look at that later this week but a lot of things leaked for that game so we're going to be d- uh, discussing that so it's mostly like a news episode you know no it's one of those episodes we've got a lot it's of news been a to lot cover. of there's been a lot of news so a much in the news, news. And uh, to kick off our uh, news discussion um, last week, uh, it seemed to be like all on the one day. Uh, my phone was just like, you know, vibrating with excitement, as were I, as was I. Um, but we got some <laughs> details on Mando season three, including the uh, release date, which has been revealed to be March 1st, 2023. Um, I know you and I have been uh, hotly anticipating this show and uh, more specifically the release date because we kind of knew it was sometime in the spring of next year um, and lots of people were debating on when exactly that would be. So it's nice to officially know that it will be coming the very first of March. Um, uh, along with that, we also got a new image of uh, Din Djarin as well as Grogu in the N1 Starfighter. Um, and we also have some quotes from John Favreau here about the uh, upcoming season. Uh, but before we jump to all of that, just wanted to get your thoughts on officially knowing that this will be out on November. Uh, not November, excuse me, March 1st. March 1st feels like a good time. Um, it's crazy to think that it's actually not that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are less than a month out now from uh, the Bad Batch, yep. which will be running through uh uh, the Mandalorian as well, um, which will be interesting because I, I do hope that, I mean, maybe there's some crossover there that people log on to Disney Plus to see The Mandalorian. They run into the Bad Batch by accident. Who knows? That could be nice. But um, yeah, I mean, by all means, good to know that that uh, we've got a we've got a solid date planned uh, that hopefully isn't going to be changing anytime soon. Um, I do feel I don't know. I've been so like lukewarm on the Mandalorian because I'm just like, I really just, you know, there are some things here and there that the extended Mando verse, this and that. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard for me to like fully be into it. But now that we're in that anticipatory season, I'm like, 
Oh my God. Mandalorian's coming back in March. Oh my God. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't wait. So I'm getting hyped up. It has taken me a little bit, but like, I think I'm finally there where it's like, this is going to be, this is going to be flat out exciting. I'm it's, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you're right to to point out that uh, the Bad Batch will be uh, rubbing right up against the uh, initial release of this uh, Bad Batch, of course, coming out on January 4th, which is just 29 days away, at least uh, of, of recording here. Uh, so there'll be at least a couple of episodes there that will be dropping the same day as The Mandalorian. So uh, that'll be uh, uh, that'll make some, for some fun <laughs> extended episodes <laughs> uh, for us. But yeah, I kind of share your sentiment as far as like I've enjoyed the Mandalorian. Um, I've enjoyed, uh, especially being back home and like, you know, staying up late and watching the episodes. And I think more than anything, just everyone's enthusiasm about the show, even though it's not been, you know, like a complete home run for me, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I think most importantly, I've enjoyed everybody being so excited about this and it being at like the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist for like several years now, uh, in regards to star Wars, even multiple people that I know who like aren't big star Wars fans know and watch the show and love these characters. Um, look no further than, uh, Din Djarin and Grogu being recently revealed to be, uh, in galaxy's edge. Uh, oh, yeah. Disneyland as well as Disney World, I saw a video of like literally a crowd of people like, you know, hurtled around where Din Djarin would be uh, entering and, you know, the the excitement from everybody was really palpable. So I'm glad that this is going to be uh, returning to a lot of fanfare, uh, which is great. Um, but with that being said, I would say that this is probably my most anticipated of the three seasons that we've gotten. Um, oh, yeah. ex- ex- yeah. I guess excluding the first one, that was kind of its own, that was such a different thing, I guess, of as far as like Disney Plus was coming out, that was the first Star Wars TV show in live action. So, uh, you know, factors aside, I think this is the one that I was I'm, I'm really anticipating for story reasons rather than just kind of being curious of what the first one would be like. And then uh, season two, I think uh, this is the one that I am really excited for based on, you know, where these characters are going to be going um, and transitioning to some of the quotes that John Favreau ta- uh, spoke about. This was at CCXP, which I guess is like a uh, some sort of convention, not one that I'm uh, terribly familiar with. I think but, it was uh, in Brazil. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe that's why I've never been to Brazil. Uh, but John Favreau <laughs> was there uh, as well as Pedro Pascal and maybe some others. And they were just kind of talking about this upcoming season. Uh, this was uh, this image was revealed and some quotes about the season were revealed as well as a new extended trailer. Um, we have some details on that, too. Um, but John Favreau said that this season is bigger in scope than previous seasons with more space battles, more Mandalorians and other surprises to come. That's not terribly a surprising thing to hear that this season is bigger um this show is huge now uh lots of people love this um uh when with that comes probably more uh, i guess more more money meaning less budgetary constraints disney has a lot of confidence in this product that they have now and as such they're probably able to go in in different directions but i think the thing that i'm really excited to see is this exploration of dinjarin as a mandalorian and to explore Mandalorian culture in earnest. And 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 now that Grogu and Din Djarin are cemented as a pair, uh, and we're not really 
you know, trying to ship off Grogu to, to, you know, whoever will take him. Now they're together, you know, a clan of two. I'm excited to see their relationship continue to develop. I'm excited to see Din Djarin, you know, continue to understand what it's like to be a Mandalorian. Um, and with that, there are some, apparently some other familiar faces that were revealed in this trailer, including uh, Boba Fett. Um, fans of the event also were treated to some concept art for the upcoming season, which shows uh, Din Djarin and Grogu uh, at some sort of village. There's uh, an astromech unit. They're standing outside the uh, N1 Starfighter, so not too much information to glean from that. Uh, but based on the information that we've been provided, as well as you know Boba Fett potentially being in this new season. What are some specific elements that you're excited to see for season three? Well, it doesn't surprise me that we're going to get a little bit more Boba Fett. Um, I'll say like a, a kind of ironically, it doesn't surprise me because of course we'll go back to Tatooine sort of. Um, that seems like a place that the Mandalorian loves to, to visit. Uh, not the guy, the show, I mean, uh, mm -hmm. loves to be in a Tatooine-esque place. Um, but it also doesn't surprise me because uh, it was shown that Jon Favreau is a writer or co-writer on every episode. Yeah, I was. Uh, you're right to bring that up. I was literally, as we speak, just looking at the writing list. Uh, for episodes one, two, five, six, and eight, he is the sole writer on, and the only exceptions to that are four episodes four and episode seven, uh, and he's writing that with Dave Filoni. And then we have on episode episode three, the only writer that has been included in this list who is not Dave Filoni or John Favreau is Noah Clore, uh, who wrote the book of Boba Fett, uh, Alien Christmas, as well as The Mandalorian. So he seems to be already introduced to what? this. He hey, wrote I, Alien Christmas? I have no idea. That is apparently a TV special from 2020. Are you a fan or are you just, you're you yanking my chain? How are you not a fan of Alien Christmas, <laughs> the lovable Christmas classic? I'm looking at this thing. It does look kind of interesting, though. Oh, Dee Bradley Baker is in this. Well, what? looky here. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. It's a made <laughs> It's a made for TV special. It looks like it's like a mixture of like 3D tr like but also it's like it looks like a 3D Rankin and Bass kind of thing. It's a TV special 40 minutes. So it's on Netflix. So the question is, when are we going to review it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is yeah, that going to be our Christmas special? We're going to review Alien Christmas. It, John Favreau is in it as well. He is man. I actually, I'm, I'm genuinely Google. I'm like, Google lists John Favreau in the he cast. Is a, he is. He plays Obi. He's uncredited though. So sorry, John. Rude, rude, <laughs> rude. Whatever. I've, I'm actually genuinely curious. I, I actually kind of want to watch this. Uh, but no. Uh, yeah. Uh, Noah was involved in some uh, prior projects in the Mandoverse, like I said, including the Mandalorian uh, and the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, to what capacity? I guess as far as like you know plot details or, or story beats that he may have included i guess we don't really uh super know but um i'm excited that he is included but uh yeah uh, not to not to interrupt you but yeah john favreau is this is, seems to be like his kind of baby in this entire season right no that's it's a good thing to stop and talk about because i think that at least lends to what we can sort of expect um because i know i had said before that i'm excited that this project is or, you know that this this project has turned into um you know sort of going in the direction of where a creator like John Favreau or Coke, you know, a, a, another creator like Dave Filoni want to take these ideas and these, uh, these plot points into 
grander kind of deeper territory in in terms of Mandalorian culture uh, and what that what that sort of means there really is nobody better for that thing than John Favreau because he's I mean he's proven time and time again and has claimed uh, that he's you know totally in love with the the Mandalorian culture and huge fan of Boba Fett, that sort of thing. When it comes to plot points and things that we can expect to sort of carry over from either Clone Wars or Rebels material, that's where I look at someone like Dave Filoni. And so some of these things, obviously they're going to all be interconnected, um, but I can sort of expect that a lot of this is going to be new territory. Um, A lot of this is going to be probably audience friendly um, in the sense that you know, like I had ex- surmised before, we're not going to jump into, you know, the the throne of Mandalore stuff and people are just going to get their socks knocked off, knocked off with all this lore. Um, but I'm sure that some of that will be there. But I can expect that Jon Favreau is going to make this sort of just like he said, much, much bigger in scope in terms of what the what the title Mandalorian means, which I'm excited for. I think that that's what that I think that that's what the show has been building towards mm-hmm. um, up until this point. Uh, it's taken a little bit of time to get there, but I think at the beginning of this, we kind of saw that coming. Is what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? What does it mean to call yourself a Mandalorian? What does it mean to be part of a clan? That sort of thing. So I I'm at least affirmed in the fact that we kind of guessed right. We kind of guessed that this is exactly where this would be headed. Loving the fact that that's you know that we're going to be visiting Mandalore. We're going to be talking about the dark saber. We're going to be you know at least at least que- asking questions about the throne and and that sort of thing. So I think it's yeah. all very exciting. I do have faith in John Favreau um, as much as I, you know, am skeptical about the Mandalorian sometimes as a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this could be, I think it could be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly get the appeal. And I think you and I share the sentiment of just like the, the familiar faces popping up maybe didn't work or didn't excite us or necessarily connect with us as much as I think maybe even John Favreau or Dave Filoni maybe intended it for uh, it to. But, you know, I lo- I know that Luke Skywalker popping back up in season two was something that a lot of Star Wars fans like, you know, struck them with such an emotional, you know, response. And so I definitely want to respect that, too. But just as far as myself, I think the things that get me really excited week to week is not these who's going to show up, but more what is going to happen to these characters. Um, And uh, John Favreau talked about the idea of with each season keeping big surprises in these big um, kind of reveals under wraps. Obviously, with season one, Grogu as a character was a big surprise. Um, uh, Luke Skywalker pack, uh, popping back up in season two was a big surprise. Uh, but John Favreau described season three and, you know, equating this new season to uh, opening a Christmas present every week and also the the appeal of the, the weekly, you know, sort of doling out of this as opposed to a, a movie is that fans can get together and theorize about, you know, who's going to be popping back up and... Uh, or, you know, uh, what's going to happen to these characters. But I think in this quote that we have here, he's he's really leaning on not necessarily these big reveals, but more just the idea of a surprising thing happening to these characters and having them be in situations and interact with um, maybe characters that have already been established in surprising ways. Um, to me, that gives me 
you know, yeah, in, in a way more confidence for the season, but also just gets me more excited because as much as I, you know, love characters like Ahsoka and I do like what they did with, with Boba Fett in particular. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, I think Bo-Katan is a, is a great inclusion to this show. To me, I'm kind of like, okay, the, the pieces are on the board. You know, I don't necessarily need to see more pieces get introduced. I'm more curious to see what happens with said pieces. You know, I don't know if that that makes a lot of sense but um john favreau has, has put a lot of emphasis on you know uh, kind of dumping out the toy box and having a chance to play with these toys for me i'm kind of like okay the toys have been dumped let's play you know let's stop continuing to dump more and more toys <laughs> you know no i i totally understand that and i think that you're absolutely right we're we're sort of past the point of you know you have the mandalorian as a concept and then that works towards a backdoor pilot for some kind of, you know, Rangers of the New Republic. Great. Mm -hmm. And then you have season two and that's, you know, works as a backdoor pilot for Ahsoka and the book of Boba Fett. And, you know, then we get to Boba Fett and it works as a backdoor pilot for Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Uh, And then Ahsoka again. Um, We're, we're past that point of, you know, establishing this in terms of it, it almost feels, I think that maybe part of the reason that, uh, that Star Wars fans like you and I are sort of begrudging this stuff a little bit is only because it, it almost feels as though people that know what's going on are sort of being talked down to in a sense of like, Hey, we need to introduce this to you so that you're not like totally overwhelmed uh, when all of this happens and mm-hmm. so that you're still on board. So we have to mesh it all together so that it still totally works. And for the average fan, absolutely, you know, that that makes sense. But for you and I, you know, just the mention of Ahsoka's name is enough to, to say, oh my gosh, are we going to be getting this? I could totally yeah. see how this fits. I totally get that. And the more that we see of it, the more that it feels that it's like really forcing this to say, you know, this is how we're going to lay things out. So I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, and I would hope, you know, with, with the knowledge that, uh, that Boba Fett is going to be written into at least one of these episodes. Um, I hope it's not in the way of like, Oh, and this week, you know, we're going to be visiting this person or saying like, don't forget about him. He's still got his thing going on because that gets tiring. And we're, you know, we're season three into this now, um, that hopefully this show, hopefully it has the legs to continue for, you know, a few more, unless there's a definite end to something like this. But I'd hope that we're, you know, we're coming to a close of that side of things because we are flooded with content right now and we don't need those constant reminders. Um, but we'll just have to, we'll just have to wait and see. I, I, if Boba Fett's written into one episode, I could see how it could come across that way. And we'll just have to kind of take that as it comes. Um, if he's a more central character for a certain arc of this, then that's way better. Totally fine. Totally happy with that. Yeah, I understand the appeal of like, you know, like with the Bad Batch, for example, you know, introducing this thing in an established show in a backdoor pilot sort of way and then saying like, hey, if you want more of that, here's this other show. I know Ahsoka is obviously a project that will be coming, but I kind of just hope that like her popping up in the book of Boba Fett was enough of that. Like she's been in two of these shows already, obviously a hugely popular 
character in ways that like when when she was initially introduced like i couldn't even imagine now when you go to galaxy's edge there's ample amounts of ahsoka merch and you go to any target and you look and there's ahsoka toys on the shelf like people are familiar with this character know this character and i think above anything like watching andor makes me think it's like you don't need to have this hugely popular character in order to get people to watch this show. If you have a show set in the galaxy far, far away and it is rooted in compelling characters with compelling stakes and is well-made and well-told, I think people will come. So from a marketing standpoint, I get it. I'm just kind of hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that it's like, okay, we've laid that groundwork, you know, that show is going to, to come when it does. I don't necessarily need a repeat of those two episodes in the book of Boba Fett where it's like this huge tangent, you know, I like the tangent. I think it's a good tangent. I'm just, it just still feels like one to where I'm kind of like, you know, I thought this was, was Boba Fett's show. And I know that that's something that, you know, not only fans, I'm not alone in thinking that, but I'm also expecting that Favreau and Filoni are also probably aware of that. And and again, a hope that people love these characters and, and you know, a, a, an Ahsoka show or a book of Boba Fett season two or what have you, that it'll come when it does and people will watch it or they won't. And then, you know, shoehorning it into this other season of TV isn't necessarily going to sway anybody either way. So not to say that that's going to happen or that I expect that to happen. Uh, I, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited for this new season and I hope that, uh, with everything that we're continuing to learn about this and, you know, Favreau and Filoni get to see everybody's excitement, know that we are here because we love these characters, not these characters and hopefully some others too, you know? Right, exactly. And speaking of Andor, because you brought it up, uh, my brother has finally uh, started watching Andor. Oh God, I'm afraid we to know what he it. thinks. <laughs> no, we did it. We did it, man. He loves it. Uh, okay, he, good. He said, episode, <laughs> he, he said episode four is his favorite so far. Interesting. Very interesting because that's so unlike him. It's a dialogue heavy episode. It's really like tension building and, uh, yeah, just makes me happy. So interesting. He had to bring it up to surprise me. Were you trying what, to get your dad to watch it too? Oh no, he's he's already he he was caught up. We okay. we watched the finale together. It was wonderful. It was great. Ah, oh, adorable, adorable. Yes. Gathering around the hearth and watching Andor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully when I head home from the holidays, I can I can convince my dad to watch a couple of episodes. But we yeah, will see. Yeah. We will see. Um, but speaking of trips being made, Noah Daisy Ridley visited the Lucasfilm offices for a reported lunch. Um, you and I, uh, I think are aware that this story is rather silly. So I think you and I should lean into that a little bit and oh, really absolutely. fasten these foil hats. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if Lucasfilm offices just have a nice salad bar. Who's to say? Um, but, uh, I think with this, with the story here, uh, I'm excited to theorize possibly irresponsibly like force center would say, but Uh, So this meeting happened with Daisy Ridley at Lucasfilm. This wasn't necessarily a secret meeting. Uh, uh, Daisy had posted uh, a lot of photos as well as some memories to her um, Instagram as well as probably some other social media outlets. Um, And this is where the rumor starts to to kind of kick in here. It has been rumored that some of her co-stars from the sequel trilogy have also had uh, some additional discussions with the studio. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Daisy or anybody else is for sure involved in, you know, uh, the future and additional Star Wars appearances and, 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 and additional storytelling. However, 
And again, we're fastening our tinfoil hats here. It's also possible that this lunch meeting was more than just a lunch meeting, Noah. So when you uh -oh, saw this, uh -oh. um, where did your mind go? Did you go, oh, that's sweet. It's nice that Daisy Ridley is reminiscing, feeling nostalgic about her days in a galaxy far, far away. Or are you like, Ray's coming back. We're episode 10. It's coming. <laughs> so here's here's how I took in this information. Uh, I saw Daisy Ridley's uh, Instagram stories, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, that that she was posting and it was like, look at all these memories. Oh, I can't believe this. Oh, this was so nice. Throwback to this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, that's awfully interesting that you'd be talking a lot about this. Why is that? Mm -hmm. And then I went on to Twitter mm -hmm. and then learned of, you know, the, the, the context. And this is, <laughs> this is the first thing that I read mm -hmm. was essentially somebody tweeted, I, I should have, I should have like sent it to you or saved it or something, but someone tweeted something that was essentially, uh, like we all are grown ups. We're all like, we're all smart enough to know that if Daisy Ridley is visiting Lucasfilm for a lunch, heavy yeah. air quotes, uh, that <laughs> well, did know, she even eat? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That what even this that's is, in question. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It was lunch. It was probably, she probably is already done shooting a movie, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that essentially that, you know, like saying if she went there for lunch, there's no doubt that it wasn't brought up of at least a question of like, Hey, what do you think? Or, mm -hmm. hey, what are you doing? You know, what are you, are you busy? You busy? Yeah. Um, I think that that's fair. However, then the next, like the reply to that in like, in like its thread, um, the person went on to say like, it's totally possible that we will get something featuring Ray and Grogu going on an adventure together. And I was like, well, hold on just a minute. <laughs> That's we've made a, an incredible leap there. Yeah. Um, now it's like timeline, you know, multiple yeah. decade forward leap that, you know, yeah. Uh, interesting. <laughs> so I, I just, I don't know. I, here's what I'll say is I agree that the question had to be raised at some point. I think that when it, you know, when we talk about their, you know, the co-stars, uh, at least being asked, you know, to, to have meetings or, or at least, you know, talk on the phone or come in for whatever. I take that to at least mean, you know, asking the question of like, what are your feelings on this? Mm -hmm. And we've talked a little bit in recent weeks and recent months about how, some of the perspective on things have sort of changed a little bit. John Boyega is a little bit less harsh mm -hmm. on Lucasfilm and Oscar Isaac is a little bit less harsh on Lucasfilm. So those things sort of all meld together into this, oh my God, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the reality is that I can understand if the question was asked, but it's difficult for me to theorize on anything beyond that because like we mentioned a little bit ago, I think it was a few weeks ago, we talked about they've got their plates full. And and if Bob Iger is planning on on you know bringing Star Wars back to the big screen then we've still got things in the works. Taika Waititi is doing something. They're not going to throw Ray in there. They're not going to throw Finn in there. It's going to be a little while, but at least the question was asked. That's as much as I can realistically say before I strap on my tinfoil hat. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, you know, 
Bob Iger's back, and suddenly Daisy Ridley's back at Lucasfilm. I don't know. Could you know I'm connecting the string here? Yeah, Could be, I don't no. know. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, you know, removing my tinfoil hat for a moment. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this means that anything is for sure happening. I think if anything, Lucasfilm may be gauging interest, um, may be saying, you know, of the sequel characters who in the, the sequel actors who are still alive, who are still, you know, uh, involved in, in, in filmmaking and not, you know, either retired or no longer with us, um, which is getting fewer and far between. Um, I don't know if it was this case of like, hey, Oscar Isaac, hey, John Boyega, hey, Daisy Ridley and, you know, others. You remember that Star Wars thing that you were in? Scale of one to ten. How interested would you be in coming back? And if Oscar Isaac was the same, you know, that he was on the Rise of Skywalker press tour, it'd probably be zero. <laughs> um, but if they if, fly now, yeah, uh, I remember the, <laughs> the press tour. Uh, they'd be like, "Hey, if they said that you could come back in a Poe Dameron TV show, would you?" And he said, "Nope." And yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Oscar Isaac. He's so great. But I think it's really could just be gauging interest. And if John Boyega is like you know what i'm kind of mo- i've moved on to other things this isn't something that really interests me anymore and they could say okay if we were going to bring you back what would interest you or if daisy ridley is like you know what yeah i've been feeling really nostalgic for this and i i, I miss you know picking up the lightsaber or whatever then they could go okay great you know maybe let's try to develop something for daisy ridley uh i have no insider information or knowledge or even a hunch that that is what hap- that's what's happening but to me that's what kind of makes sense you know that's what would make sense that before you commit to writing a a 10 episode treatment on the Ray TV show and Daisy Ridley goes, no, thanks. I'm not interested. It makes sense that you would try to gauge that beforehand. Um, as, as far as all the secrecy is concerned for others, you know, who knows? Uh, but if, if, if we're being the least tinfoil hatty that we can possibly be, maybe Daisy Ridley just had some coworkers and some other producers that she was a fan of, but also, Lucasfilm is also involved in some other things. Uh, I know the Wicked show is on right now. Obviously, Indiana Jones is happening. And did you say the Wicked show? It is. It is happening. The Wicked TV series. I haven't watched any episodes of you. The Wicked show. What are you talking about? Not Wicked Willow. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you got Warwick Davis on the mind. You know what I was looking at? I was looking at these like Hasbro uh, uh, Star Wars vintage like uh, indoor playsets that were just oh, revealed yeah. like a day or so ago. They have like the indoor bu- uh, bunker. So I just have Wicked on the brain, <laughs> <laughs> as you should. Uh, but yeah, all that to say, I, I, I think that it is possible that Daisy Ridley could be involved in some other non-Star Wars related, but Lucasfilm projects. But Noah, if you will allow me, if we are to fully put on our tinfoil hats, if any project is going to be happening, what do you think it could be? Or more importantly, what do you want it to be? If, if we're going with the logic of Daisy Ridley is returning to something Star Wars, ideally, what would that project be for you? Well, this is my thing is... I I have a feeling that Lucasfilm wants a more maybe modern uh I guess it's more of a modern like trajectory uh, of timeline storytelling. Mm-hmm. And we've all been talking about in the Lego specials that we know that, you know, 
sort of canonically, that Finn is maybe receiving training from Rey. The thing that we haven't seen in a Star Wars movie is like the rebuilding of a Jedi Order or anything of that sort. And I think that if we are to believe that Rey is going to be the new generation of Jedi, um, that that's what we would see. And I would love to see that. I think that that'd be super fun. I think that if we got a solo movie or a trilogy about something of that sort, I would be very happy with that. Again, Mm -hmm. it's difficult because that's the most that I'm willing to do with my tinfoil hat tucked neatly on. Um, Otherwise, it was just lunch. It was just a a buffalo chicken wrap and and a dry salad. (laughs) Delicious. That sounds great. Uh, No, I think, yeah, I I agree that Ray is headed in a direction of, you know, Definitely wanting to start a new Jedi Order, but I think it would be foolish of her, you know, to just, okay, you know, classes in session, you know, like she is uh, a, a new Jedi, certainly not fully formed. Uh, and also, you know, learning from the mistakes of the past. Maybe Luke's is somebody that maybe dove into this, you know, academy too soon. You know, I, I think it would be wise of Ray to seek knowledge of the Jedi, seek knowledge of what those mistakes were of the past. That way she can kind of carve out her path forward. Um, so I would be totally interested in a show about Ray sort of traveling the galaxy and looking through, you know, different, you know, archaeological sites or, you know, pieces of the Jedi past, not that dissimilar from like Jedi Fallen Order or something like that. I think that that could be a really cool, you know, uh, you know, on topic, I guess, Indiana Jones-esque style Mm -hmm. show Mm -hmm. for her to learn more about the past, because that's such a big theme of Rey's journey, as well as just the sequel trilogy as a whole. So I think that that would be great to be able to explore some of that. And then, you know, in junction with that, that could pair off and pair well with some of the reported, you know, old Republic stuff that may or may not be happening or, you know, who knows as far as uh, all that kind of stuff is concerned. But if Ray's learning about the past, who's to say that we couldn't sort of dabble or, you know, kind of soft launch some of those ideas or that era, uh, to fans. I think that could be really interesting. Yeah. That's there's, I, I think there's plenty of content there. Um, it is interesting to, to wonder about what sort of, what avenue that they would take because there's, it seems like there would be a logical avenue, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that it's, it's a little bit too crazy to just be like, all right, and we're going to throw all these characters in here and we're just going to restart everything and it's back up and running, you know? Um, so I get that. I, I think that'd be interesting, but, um, again, the whole idea of gauging interest, if we make it a show, my, my thought is that it, then it gets relegated to, you know, the people that are less interested. Or maybe it's like, hey, if you want to see the continuation of Ray's story, you're better subscribed to Disney Plus, you know. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Who knows? I yeah. just know that there's sort of a stigma when it comes to that sort of thing. So, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I just don't know. I don't know. Like if I had to go to bat for just kind of this, the so-called stigma, I would look towards the MCU and that like some in regards to like this post infinity war post in game phase, I think some of the biggest 
you know, canonical sort of changes in direction have been on TV. Like, look at Loki. Kang being the next big bad, being introduced, not just like hinted towards, but is like literally in the show and sets the stage for like what's to come. That being introduced in a, you know, a spinoff show uh, in and of itself of a, you know, not necessarily an Avenger, but a secondary character being a villain. I think that that's reason to believe that like, yeah, a lot of this stuff is pointing towards Disney having this idea of understanding the power of streaming services, understanding how many people these days are at home interested in watching stuff and would be open to these exploration of these other things. So I wouldn't be so quick to, to dis, uh, you know, to dis the, the, the power and the influence of, of streaming nowadays. Well, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> you hear uh, that, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's your job now, Mr. Iger. If that is your real name. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, keep an eye on Miss Daisy Ridley. See what she's she see what she's up to. See, see what, what she's, she's up eating to. for lunch. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it might be a, <laughs> uh, that. Now I'm curious. I I, I kind of want a, a little buffalo wrap. That sounds delicious. Mm, yummy. Yummy. Um, Noah, moving on, we have a first look uh, in the form of a debut trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, the first trailer for this was dropped uh, sometime last week, uh, and this is kind of the first look that we're getting of the fifth installment into this series. Um, the trailer features lots of adventures, action, punching, riding different vehicles <laughs> and uh, <laughs> horses even, uh, as well as a release date for the film, which is June 30th, 2023. Um, this new film is set during the 1960s, during the space race between the United States and the Soviet Russia. Uh, and if for all you history buffs out there, there were definitely some Nazis kicking around that time, uh, particularly on the U.S. side. Um, but no, for this film, uh, this is the first in the series that George Lucas did not write the story for. Um, Steven Spielberg is also not the director for. Um, and instead, both of these roles will be uh, fulfilled by James Mangold. Uh, a lot of you will know him from uh, Logan, as well as Ford v. Ferrari, uh, as well as 310 to Yuma and much, much more. Um, Spielberg, though, is still attached as an executive producer, and Lucas, the original creator of the franchise, is credited with some involvement in the writer's room. Um, last but not least, Indiana Jones will be the uh, last hurrah for uh, one Mr. Harrison Ford as well as John Williams. So, Noah, while, uh, while we're here and while we're getting our first look at this series and, and enjoying the, the last dance of, of a lot of these creators, uh, what was your uh, first reaction to this first look? Oh my god, man, it looks it looks so fun. It looks like so much fun. I am blown away that that it can be that interesting and intriguing because Indiana Jones has not been at the forefront of my mind in terms of pop culture things that need to make a comeback. Mm -hmm. Um and when when this was all revealed that something would be happening, um I was a little bit hesitant about the direction that it felt like it needed to go. If we're making this a continuation story, a reboot story, more Shia LaBeouf, who knows? Uh, but from what we have seen so far, I am so pleased. And it, it's one of those things where I have a soft spot in my heart for Indiana Jones because, uh, Temple of Doom was the first like was the first movie that really like freaked me out, like <laughs> super scared me. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I could handle. But Temple of Doom 
good God almighty. So scared. Uh, and, and, and the last crusade did not help at all either. Um, so I just like had this, I growing up, I had this idea in my head that it was like, if I'm going to be a badass, I'm going to watch Indiana Jones. And it just had that, like, it just had that feeling for me. I was, I was gripped by this coolness and this, and this like kind of primeval terror. Uh, and that sort of continued into my, my other interests and things, Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to something like video games, uncharted is a favorite series of mine and it has that same sort of feel to it that, you know, there's, there's the exploration along with the sort of mystical. And I feel like just in general, Indiana Jones as a property carries that mysticism and that nostalgia and just, you know, seeing this trailer, hearing the iconic theme coming back in sort of its, its rise of Skywalker esque glory mm-hmm. uh, of the, you know, uh, an updated rendition. It just feels like that, you know, sort of we're back, we're back, baby. Chewie, yeah. we're home. Wrong exactly. thing. But <laughs> it has that feeling to it very much. I don't For think sure. it feels at all like, you know, the same, I think it was the same day, the Transformers Rise of the Beasts <laughs> <You're right. laughs> trailer came out. You're and right. It, it, and it that absolutely... And uh, Guardians, too. All three yes, of those yeah. dropped on the same day. Uh, but the Transformers one especially, like, it didn't have that feeling of, like, we're back. It had that feeling of another one or like (laughs) more of this um granted it's cool it's whatever if we you know if we want to spend a whole goddamn hour talking about it i'll talk about transformers i guess i won't (laughs) (laughs) okay great it's decided um but it's you know when we we get to these ip things of what can we bring back what can we reboot what can Mm -hmm. we you know what can we milk even if we're talking about something like transformers uh you know but this doesn't have that feeling it just feels so it feels so nostalgic and yeah. it feels so just right uh so i was very happy i know that's a long long way to say i liked it <laughs> yeah i think it's it's natural for you know indiana jones uh and in that whole franchise and and harrison ford more specifically to kind of be like let's Let's end on a good one. You know, like I, oh, yeah. I, I know the kingdom of a crystal skull has its, uh, fair share of, of supporters, uh, and, and people who really back that film. I will admit it's been a hot, hot minute since I've seen that movie. Uh, and I would be interested in a rewatch. Um, but I kind of, uh, I, I have a bit of a different, I guess, experience with Indiana Jones. Uh, I guess growing up as like a lifelong horror fan, this to me was just always like, like just more of the same kind of like flavor that star Wars gave me. It was introduced much later to me in life. And it was kind of that for similar reasons that, you know, Phantom Menace and star Wars was introduced to me as far as like my parents remember this old thing. Hey, they're making a new one. Do you want to watch these? And, uh, shame on my parents, I guess, for not thinking that I would love this way sooner than like 2008 or whatever that new (laughs) one was. I guess you're right that they are a little scary. So, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't be so quick to uh, poo poo my parents and maybe they were right to not terrify me. Um, but yeah, this was the thing that my parents were like, Hey, you like more of that? You want more of that shit? Here you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> as far as like George Lucas and Spielberg to a degree was also involved um, in Star Wars, not as much as Lucas is involved in Indiana Jones, but both taking those adventure serial influences and George Lucas just wanting to make more stuff that he liked when he was a kid. So um, all that to say, I am also very excited and very impressed by this trailer too. I think it offers uh, a lot of great adventure, uh, new flavors of Indiana Jones while also reminding you of why we love this series and the iconography of everything from Ford's performance who, you know, Ford's been very public in saying that Indiana Jones is his preferred character as opposed to uh, Han Solo, uh, but also the music, man, like those freaking notes, man. Like I, it's, it's like a slower tempo. I don't necessarily know all the musical terms for everything, but it's drawn out in a way that just hits you like the Star Wars music does in those trailers. And, you know, once we get those like just few chords on the piano initially, I was just like, let's go and he's back, baby. <laughs> you know, it looks so, so fun. Um, I love that this is set in this era, I think is really fascinating and that you know, this evil that Indiana has faced before is now, you know, in the midst of like the United States government and is such an integral part to the space race. Like, I'm also interested to see how people respond to that. Maybe people don't know that, you know, uh, Nazis help send Neil Armstrong to the moon. I don't know. Like, that. <laughs> we'll see how uh, people know about their history books if they've been reading them or not. But I think that that'll be really interesting. The fact that not a seemingly like insignificant amount of this movie will be set in like a metropolitan area, I believe is like New York. There's this great parade sequence. Yeah, there's some visual effects here and there that I think will definitely be polished as this movie uh, continues to be uh, made and developed and, and really uh, perfected before um, it's released next summer. But I think it looks great. The scope looks great. Uh, Harrison Ford doesn't really seem to have missed a step. I will admit that was one element that I was like a little nervous about is like, do we really want to see 80 year old Harrison Ford like throwing a punch? You know, I was just curious. <laughs> I was like, is this going to be the Irishman again? It's like, yeah, you can de-age them. But, you know, how much can you really de-age somebody's like ability to punch you know right. um, but he's got a few good cracks in this uh, there's also some uh, uh, de-aging like I mentioned and some flashback sequences um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge who apparently is uh, Indy's uh, goddaughter she's great she's excellent I can't wait to see her in this we also get John Williams for the last time, which is bittersweet, but I am glad that he's, uh, you know, out on this kind of note and similar to uh, uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. It seems really fitting. So I simply cannot wait for this. I'm a fan of James Mangold, his ability to send off uh, uh, Hugh Jackman as as Wolverine, I thought was super impressive, just really emotional, but also just like delivered on everything that we would want from a Wolverine movie. Um, I simply can't not wait this looks awesome yeah i do think that there's a lot to uh to look forward to with james mangold being uh the guy behind the camera and behind the page yeah that's you know that's that's huge um because it is it is a big deal to you know for someone like steven spielberg to kind of pass off their baby um yeah you know to somebody else but capable hands no doubt um and you mentioned the de-aging good lord it looks amazing mm -hmm. it's like very, very easily some of the best that I think I've seen in like a short second where it's like you see a short clip and you can sort of notice that something is off. Um, but this looks great. It looks awesome. I cannot wait for that. Um, I just because we've talked about it before, 
I'm I'm excited to see more of that. I'm excited to see sort of the the I guess the the potential that that this has that mm-hmm. that technology has. We've seen the limits that it has very clearly. Um, but Lucasfilm sort of pushing pushing the limit even more and more has sort of led to a good place, I think. Uh, and now we're just getting more of it and can't complain too much because I think it looks really, really great. And if it serves a purpose, even better. So really, really excited for this. I'm, I'm so looking forward to uh, a rewatch of the series so far because I know for a fact that Rachel has not seen them. uh, And that's going to be very exciting. Yeah. My girlfriend, I believe has only seen one of them and she's not sure which one. So it'll be similar (laughs) to where like, I remember when we were talking about star Wars, she's like, which is the one I think I've seen the one where it's like snow and then they blow up the death star and there's something about like a forest. And I was like, you know what, babe, that's like a little bit of all of them, but it sounds like you really haven't seen any of them in a weird way too. You know? Uh, So yeah, I will be very excited to see this. I know in uh, LA there's a little more prevalent to show some of these movies in the theater. um, But I also hope that like maybe AMC does something too. That way nationwide people could go see this because this is a film that, other than the drive-in, I've not seen any of these movies on the big screen, and uh, especially Last Crusade uh, and Raiders, which is l- like my favorite action movie. Um, uh, if whether or not you count Empire Strikes Back, I guess, but it, uh, Raiders is my favorite action movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm very, very excited to see uh, Indiana Jones back on the big screen uh, in one way or another. So uh, yeah, we'll be doing some more um, uh, trailer breakdowns or some reactions as uh, a lot of this marketing gets doled out um and hell maybe we might even uh do a bit of a bit of a rewatch bit of a review for the podcast who who, who knows? knows who knows hey we love all lucasfilm properties equally except for willow we haven't watched it yet i haven't watched the movie or the series <laughs> yet so like i really can't even say either way i'm just like i'll get to it eventually it's a busy time of year uh from what i'm hearing people seem to like it so that's great but maybe uh, maybe for christmas once oh i think actually the series runs past christmas uh but I do think it'd be fun uh, to just get absolutely blasted and talk about the movie Willow uh, yeah. because I have a burning hatred for that movie oh, like no. no other. Oh, it's no. so bad. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I uh, It'd be interesting because I know a lot of people like feel very nostalgic for that movie. And yeah. it'd be interesting for me who has like no nostalgia, not even that, but I don't even know what Willow is about. Like I know it's fantasy. <laughs> I that's couldn't literally, even describe it to you. That's literally it. I know I it's fantasy. I couldn't describe it to you. I really uh, couldn't. Yeah. So we'll see if we'll, uh, we'll give Willow a watch. Uh, we'll have a Willow watch. Hashtag Willow watch. <laughs> mm. Love it. The marketing uh, is there. It it speaks for itself. Exactly. Uh, no, moving on from there, Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, officially has a March release date. Well, not officially, I guess. We'll get into it. Um, a leak, a set of leaks. Uh, I feel like, uh, uh, you know, the, the people involved in this game over at, what is it? It's uh, not Respawn. Who's making this game? There's a... Is it... Uh, is it's, it... Uh, EA uh, motive is it respawn? Oh Jesus, I don't, I don't know. know. I imagine what I was gonna say. I imagine they're like you know the cartoon thing where they're like trying to plug up the holes in the dam and like using their yes. fingers and their toes. That's the amount of leaks that are coming out from this game, like BB-8 uh, in the Last Jedi when he there like, you plugs it with his head. There you go. That's a reference. I guess I can actually know off the top of my head. Uh, but a leak has given fans a March sixteenth of twenty twenty three uh, launch date for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Of course the uh, Long-anticipated sequel to uh, Jedi Fallen Order from 2019. 
Um, the leak comes from uh, stre- uh, from Steam, who had mistakenly updated the page for the game and then like switched it back so that information is no longer there uh but a lot of people were quick to uh, take some screenshots uh so this date of march 16th is not like official official but it seems to be uh pretty much everything but confirmed um some other details about the game have also been leaked, including some game mechanics, plot synopsis, and some other, like, even system requirements for the game. Before we get into all of that, Noah, March of 2023 is going to be a big month from Star Wars. I know you and I are big lovers and fans of this game and are very excited for its sequel. Uh, so how does it feel knowing that March 2023 is going to blow your absolute Star Wars love and socks off? Well, here's the problem is, uh, let me ask you something. Am mm-hmm. I going to need a PlayStation 5 to play Jedi Survivor? Dude, it freaking seems like. Uh, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned it because uh, the official press release for this series, or for, or for this game, excuse me, did not mention, you know, at all, like PlayStation 4 or Xbox One or anything like that. Uh, oh, yeah, it's Respawn. It is a Respawn, excuse me. Uh, so it, it appears that, like, this game may be built for like these new gen consoles like specifically and no, exclusively no, so no uh, it, it it's very possible that uh you might either have to go buy a playstation 5 uh build a pc go rob a best buy or something like that or just be watching youtube tutorials to get all of the uh the story here uh, uh. because this game seems like it's going to be an absolute monster the uh the size alone of this game which I haven't seen a lot of people talking about the, the system mechanics r- revealed that this game is going to be clocking in at a whopping 130 gigabytes, which if that doesn't mean much to you, the first game was 56.1 gigabytes. This is over double the size of that game, which is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I remember when, uh, when you purchased the game, when we were, uh, living together, mm-hmm. you had the, you had, obviously you had to download it. And I remember having the projector set up for like most of the afternoon, just on, yeah. on the, like the downloading and installing screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like, yeah. Trying to play that game on the projector and just having to wait like a full 24 hours for it to download. So this by mathematically, you know, it's probably going to be a couple of days, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which is golly. I can't even imagine my, my wifi can hardly handle me playing, playing online, uh, yeah. anything. So, uh, I mean, if I have to have a PlayStation five, then I guess that negates everything. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, I just like, I just bought a switch. I just bought a switch. Why did I do that? Why did you, why did I let you into let you talk me into doing that because I don't need to play Star Wars Wars Hunters. Hunters. I don't need to play Star Wars Hunters. And and I voluntarily took one for the team and I said, I'll play Star Wars Hunters when it comes out because I, whatever. And uh, now I've been cuckolded by Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So where does that leave me? Those uh, those feet picks. That's all I got to say. I just, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because, I mean, would I sell my PlayStation 4? Would you think I would get enough money for it? Then I have to go on I'd have to go on the wait list for a PlayStation 5. That's just absurd. It's absurd. that's, That's my thing is because like, you know, if if I have until March, what is it, sixteenth, to pick up one of these things, you know, that's not an outrageous amount of time for me 
right to save up the money that i need in order to get a playstation 5 i'm already i've already got like extended storage that i could plug into the thing so i don't need like the one with the biggest amount of whatever like I think for me, I guess I need to look into it because I, I will admit like it's not even be something that I've like looked into, but I have just heard that it's like a little hard to come by, you know, like these things yeah. are not the easiest things to buy. So like, I don't know if it's something I could just like buy online, have it shipped to me, or I think knowing myself, I'd probably have it like shipped to a Target or something or a Walmart. That way I can go pick it up. That way it's not just like sitting in front of my doorstep and one of my dickhead neighbors like steals it from me. Right. But to me, it's like... Okay, I, I ostensibly I could I could I could save up. You know, I know Christmas is coming up soon, uh, and my birthday is coming up soon, and I have uh, two parents who love me very much and will likely give me uh, some money, probably not enough to buy a PlayStation Five, but some money. Um, I also have a job, so maybe I could save up my pennies, you know, fill up my piggy bank as much as I possibly could, uh, and get this thing because uh, I'm not gonna not play this game. That's all right, I'm saying. Right. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but like the Wolverine game that's coming out was reported not to. Come come out until like 2025 so i've got some time for that uh, i don't know when spider-man 2 is going to be coming out but who cares because if i can't play this game i don't know what i'm gonna do like that's not an option for me now i of have course. to play this game so yeah maybe i'll rob a bank too maybe i'll rob a bank i mean listen if you're planning anything at least just let me know <laughs> so that i can maybe make the trip yeah. And we'll we plan you know, it together. Ocean's we'll hit, Eleven we'll style. We'll hit it up. We'll 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 blow up that popsicle stand so yeah. bad. Um, I'm imagining like thing. you and I from that scene from Ocean's Eleven where they're like arguing in the casino and they like you know they, they like, like go the balloons like, on the yeah, camera. Let's go yeah, the yeah, balloons. It's be you and, and I. <laughs> <laughs> no, Who's gonna be I, our, our, our wheel man? Who's gonna be our grease say, man? <laughs> I want to be. I want to be Brad Pitt. I want to be Brad Pitt. I don't want to be friggin' Casey Affleck or his <laughs> donkey <laughs> brother. Who wants to be Casey Affleck? Hopefully Casey Affleck. I, I would hope he doesn't want to not be himself. <laughs> That'd be so sad. Uh, the point is, yeah, no, you're right though. If I like, if I put away 25 bucks, 20, 25 bucks per paycheck, right? From now until March, I think that that would get me enough. I think that that would get me enough. And that's, I mean, that's a small amount when you think about it. Um, but it's just difficult because that means that I have to stop eating Chipotle once a week. And I don't know if I could do that. Like, I genuinely don't know if I could do that. I've become, I used to be like, I got into this rut of being a, uh, a podunk Indiana fast food boy mm -hmm. where it was like, I'm going out for dinner. I'm going to treat myself and come back with a box from Taco Bell. Right. And that was like me treating myself. But now, now that I live in like, suburban Chicago, it's like, okay, Panera's right down the road. Chipotle is right down the road and this and that and whatever. And now I'm living the expensive life and it's not like, it's not that much better, but I mean, it's a little better. You're going to blow my, I'm going to blow your mind when I tell you that you can go to these places and buy like, you know, like you can buy components of food, but you like, you cook it all together and then you can create your own Chipotle at home. And what's best is you can even like freeze it and have it days later. So imagine you're just like, I want, I want this food and you go in your fridge and it's right there. That's, I don't believe you. I'm just, I don't I, believe you. It's a crazy theory, but, uh, it's, the, it's that's the thing possible. is I, 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 I cook dinner every night, but I can't do lunch. Like lunch is that one thing where it's like, 
I either make it the morning of and take it to work with me or I, or I make it the night before. And neither of those options are ever anything that I'm like, yeah, I think I could do that because Mm -hmm. I just don't care. I just don't care. So who knows how I'm going to save up all this money, uh, to apparently buy a PlayStation five, unless, Mm -hmm. uh, star Wars comes to the rescue and says, all right, official release. It will be available for uh, PlayStation four and it'll be the only game that you can have on there uh, because it's so humongous. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, like even if it is coming to PlayStation 4, I say that, but money talks, boy, does it. But like, I think, so like I recently bought the new Call of Duty game. Like I waited, like I haven't played Call of Duty in years, like a new one. Uh, been a while for me too, yeah. It, it's been a hot minute and mostly because like all the games that have come out, I've just been so not interested in. I'm like, you're you're running on walls and there's you're, there's jets and like holograms and like uh, lasers. Like I'm just, I was not into it. And this new one, I was kind of like, well, we'll see. I'll wait till I get some reactions. I saw some videos and I was like, okay, this looks fun. So like I bought the game and like for the first couple of weeks or so, and even a little bit now, it just feels like my PlayStation, which is, I will admit, older. It is an older PlayStation. It just really feels like my PlayStation is like outclassed to where it's just kind of like, it'll play. It will play, but it feels like I put like a, you know, a Lamborghini engine and like a Mini Cooper. Like it's just really, really struggling to keep up. <laughs> so um, I, I think this might be one that I'm even kind of like, you know what? I really want to play this game, like with all of the ray tracing and all of the, 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 the gaming specs that you can expect to see. But beyond just deciding like whether or not no, that we're actually going to buy, uh, buy this game, there are some other details about the game that have been leaked here. So if you'll indulge me we do have lots to discuss about this including some plot details so not much is known about the game besides like this very cryptic trailer like a teaser i think more accurately described that didn't tell us much you know uh but jedi survivor is being described as a third person galaxy spanning action adventure game from respawn entertainment developed in collaboration with lucasfilm games this narratively driven single player title picks up five years after the events of star wars jedi fallen order and follows Cal's increasingly desperate fight as the galaxy descends further into darkness. Pushed to the edges of the galaxy by the Empire, Cal will find himself surrounded by threats new and familiar. As one of the last surviving Jedi Knights, Cal is driven to make a stand during the galaxy's darkest times. But how far is he willing to go to protect himself, his crew, and the legacy of the Jedi Fallen Order? Of the Jedi Order, excuse me. (laughs) That was like muscle memory there. Uh, So with that in mind, Noah, uh, we don't really know much more. <laughs> we no, don't we really don't. know much more about this game other than like Cal's out there, man. People are trying to kill him. What is he going to do? <laughs> That's Isn't that just the first game? Is That's, that, are we... Yeah. Yeah, hey, I mean, but I would I would want nothing more, to be yeah, honest. No, absolutely. I want nothing more. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the thing is this is this is one of those things where we are blessed with, uh, with an enormous amount of inquisitor esque content. Mm. Uh, this is something that has come into the fold recently with Obi-Wan Kenobi as a series. Uh, and more people are learning about the inquisitors, but I feel like, you know, tales of the Jedi having an inquisitor, uh, pop in there and, Obi-Wan Kenobi having an Inquisitor as a main character and, a, you know, a few side yeah. characters. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't hit as much as the 
relationship between Cal and the Inquisitors uh, in Jedi Fallen Order. It feels so similar to the Inquisitors and Rebels that it is really this main protagonist. The fact is that, you know, realistically, in Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Rhea and... uh, and the other Inquisitors are sort of uh, overshadowed by by Darth Vader as the threat. Um, so I'm interested to see a little bit more of um, a little bit more of what this might hold uh, for the threat side of things because that's going to be super interesting. From what we've seen in that, like you said, very vague, mysterious kind of teaser, maybe it's not fully Inquisitors. Maybe it's something else. Who really knows? Well, there was like that one, like Utapawan bro, who's like yeah. in the trailer. So like whatever his deal is, I don't know. It's it's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird. And I'm really, really excited for it because this is the place where I expect the Star Wars stories to take a big swing. This is exactly the place that I expect that sort of thing. And I would say that a big swing would be introducing some kind of antagonist or threat that we haven't really seen before, uh, something totally new or, you know, maybe a new perspective on something. I just think it's going to be, I just think it's going to be really interesting to see those, those story choices because like I said, this is the place to take those swings. Um, and with this game being as huge as it is and with as little as we know about it, there's so many directions this could go. Uh, I'm really, really interested to see Cal a little bit more weathered and a little bit more learned and knowledgeable about the galaxy, whatever it looks like in this time period. I don't know how much we're going to be staying faithful to the galaxy as a whole in terms of like, oh yeah, it's this time it's, you know, it's five, 10 years after, you know, revenge of the Sith. So this is what's going on in the galaxy. And this is what it's centered around. I think maybe it'd be great if we could, you know, sort of stay away from that area and focus on something a little bit more central, a little bit more, you know, focused, um, which I'm absolutely sure that we will. Um, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there that it's, it's exciting to have this thing where it's like, we don't know anything about it and it's almost impossible to predict anything about it because it could be anything could go anywhere. And I'm excited for that, for that possibility, you know? Yeah. Other than like the threats, which you already addressed, I think other elements, story elements that I'd be interested or hoping that we would see is like more exploration of the Zepho. That was like a, a plot detail and some uh, threads, narrative threads that were still left kind of dangling. So I'm curious to see how that will resolve itself or continue to be developed. Um, but I think as far as like the information that was revealed for um, uh, our episode today, a lot of it is just kind of like game mechanic stuff, uh, which I do think is interesting. So, uh, the, the info that we've been provided here, it says continue Cal's journey. No longer a Padawan. Cal has come into his own and grown into a powerful Jedi Knight, carrying the memories and expectations of the Jedi order with him. His crusade against the empire has only become more perilous. The dark times are closing in and with enemies new and familiar surrounding him, Cal will need to decide how far he's willing to go to save those closest to him. Uh, then it says, go beyond your training. The cinematic combat system re- uh, returns with additional force abilities and new lightsaber fighting styles. Creatively le- leveraged all of these abilities and weapons to strategically take on an expanded host of enemies, uh, seizing up strengths or sizing up strengths, uh, sizing up strengths and weaknesses while cleverly utilizing your training to overcome your opponents and solve the mysteries that lay in your path. So I think that puzzles, was something that baby puzzles. Puzzles. 
those holes. You better believe it. I think that was something that you and I were kind of curious about as far as like, how are they going to do the video game thing to where it's like, hey, remember all that crap you learned last game? Forget about it. Like, you yeah. don't need, you know, like, you don't remember any of that stuff. Like, I don't think you or I were super interested in, like, relearning how to throw your lightsaber or, like, force push or something like that. I don't need him to be, like, God or anything at the beginning <laughs> of the game. But, like, how are you going to offer a new experience? And I think that an element of this game that will be, like, uh, unique is that Cal's going to have, like, some unique equipment in this game. Uh, most importantly, I think, and probably the biggest game mechanic that is going to be added here is Cal's got a gun. He'll He's shoot your gun. ass. Like, <laughs> don't <laughs> even worry about it. He will plug packing. you. He's yeah, straight he, packing. Absolutely. Yeah, he has got a gun in this. Uh, we know that because there was some DLC, again, uh, more leaks from this game, uh, revealing some pre, uh, pre-order pre bonuses. Uh, the pre-purchase bonus, so like the basic default game uh is the uh hermit costume which just looks straight up like obi-wan kenobi either from the mythos action figure or at the end of the tv series whichever you prefer i guess as well as the hermit lightsaber set uh we don't it says set so i don't know if it's like multiple lightsabers but the first one that we see here is obi-wan's lightsaber from phantom menace as well as the combustion blaster set uh which is the same gun that uh obi-wan has in the series um, additionally, we also got a uh, look at the A New Hope Deluxe Edition pre-order uh, purchase uh, downloads and the DLCs. Uh, there is the uh, Galactic Hero cosmetic pack, which essentially is like he's got a Han costume. He's got a Han gun. Uh, there's a rugged BD-1 cosmetic to where he's kind of green looking. Uh, and then there's the New Hero cosmetic pack uh, to which it's like Luke Skywalker with the yellow jacket, either from A New Hope or from the comics even, uh, with BD cosplaying as R2. D2 uh, and then also like with the Skywalker lightsaber so you know all of that to be said he's got a gun now and he'll he's shoot you he's got a gun he's got here's a what gun. I'm thinking with that is like it's awesome to have these like little sort of easter egg cosmetic things because mm -hmm. that's what we want we want the we want the costumes we want the decals we want the paint jobs uh, however I have a feeling that his his gun, whatever gun he has, uh, is going to be cool enough in its own right. That's what I'm like fully hoping for, uh, yeah. because I'm telling you right now, I am on the hunt for 3D printer files of say, props. Yeah. I'm on the hunt, man. And I mentioned it last time, Andor's blaster, cool as hell. Cool as hell. Yeah. And I would hope that they spent a lot of time giving Cal a blaster as well that's like, this is his. This isn't just another blaster. This isn't just Han's blaster. This isn't whatever. It's his own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the mechanic makes sense, though, that hopefully he'd be a little bit uh, more in hiding. It's one of the things that I think is funny about the first game is that it's like, you can't really be a Jedi out and about because... Uh, Things are dicey. And then he's like, yeah. I'm going to cut down anyone in my path with <laughs> including this like plants and, and uh, creatures and <laughs> yeah. bugs and stuff. Yeah, right. So he's fully a Jedi, even though he's in hiding in the first one. But I like the idea more that, you know, maybe it's a little bit stealthy. He's got to be undercover and is still needs to protect himself uh, the same way that someone like Obi-Wan would how he needs yeah. to use a blaster. Um I think that that makes sense, and I can't wait to see that kind of incorporated in as well. 
Yeah, that was something that as far as like kind of our wish list for this game, you had mentioned, I believe it was maybe me, but I think it was you that you wanted more of like a stealth mechanic in this game. Um, but if you want a good look at the blaster, I guess good, you know, uh, with an asterisk next to it. Um, there was like a poster revealed for this game. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, also, we're getting uh, like a gameplay look at this uh, on the 8th, which is a day after this episode releases uh so uh if you're curious we'll be able to see more of probably what this blaster looks like in action but there was like a poster release for the game featuring a an older scruffier and scarred cal kestis without his beloved poncho uh, uh some sort of sunset gorgeous background uh, we don't really know if it's dathomir please god don't be dathomir goodness <laughs> what again. a night what a Not nightmare again. <laughs> uh with uh our our hero BD one looking up uh, seemingly lovingly at Cal Kestis uh, who's looking handsome as ever. Um, but we also have the blaster in question. Some other details I want to point out is uh, we've got the, uh, the uh, ship behind him, uh, which so the, the rest of the, the Mantis crew is there as well. And also if you look at the top right hand cor- uh, corner between the clouds, you can see like a planet has been destroyed. And I'm wondering like, is that some Death Star stuff? Is that some Star Killer base stuff? Is that you know when exactly is that? So out of all the details, you've got scars, you've got clothes, you've got guns, you've got BD. Uh, where does your eye kind of first go here? Uh, firstly, to BD one uh, because our boy, my, my boy, my boy, <laughs> dude. Uh, secondly, yeah, I also noticed uh, a lot of people on Twitter were pointing out that. Nobody realized in the first game that Cal had a tattoo. Yeah, a um, friend of the show, Alden Diaz, pointed that out. Yeah. Uh, and it was one of those things where I was like, wait a minute, what? And I, like, had to look, <laughs> I had to look from the prior game, and I was like, how did I play like 60 freaking hours with this guy? Not notice he had a tattoo. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a big tattoo guy. Ooh. I'm like... I'm really, I'm really trying to like talk myself out of like, no, don't do that. No, that's, that's ridiculous. Don't do well, that. It, it, it seems to be from like the scrapper guild. Uh, that seems that was kind of Matt Martin, uh, who revealed that that was like where that was from. So it's an involuntary tattoo from Cal Kestis. And we also don't have like a great look at it. So no, we don't may, maybe um, wait until like we can get the full design. Maybe it says like fart on the bottom of it, you know, well, I, saw, <laughs> I did see a couple pictures of like the first game that show a little bit more of it um and it looks like a lightsaber but it's like i don't know it's geometric it's funky it's weird um but also you're absolutely right his blaster um is you can see some of it yeah it's sick as hell uh it looks like it looks like a west 44 like revolver type yeah which is just uh, chef's kiss. Yeah, the tip of the the barrel is like kind of purpley, like like the metal is like yeah. been, you know really really hot. So he's apparently he's using it quite often. He's also kind of got like a like a bit of a you know like a western gunslinger sort of outlaw kind of vibe here. Obviously got like the the bandolier across his vest uh, and uh, uh, got like the the what are those what are those things called on the boots? Like the spurs, I guess. Oh, yeah, he's got like, he got yeah. uh, almost kind of like the spur, like covers on his shoes. Also, what do you, what do you make of the scars, man? Like the dude's getting in some scrapes. So I was looking at some of the images from the first one and he actually has, uh, he has a couple scars in those same places, um, in the first game. Uh, but they're much less prominent. Uh, so this just makes me think that this is, 
you know, sort of uh, EA and Respawn's way of saying, look at like the the art look at the art here like the detail of like the freckles underneath his arm hair and the 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 detail of like the scars and everything uh so that's very interesting to me because you can definitely tell that they are much more prominent uh i will say out of all the details dude looks tired dude dude looks like he has not had a good rest He looks like he's been so not sleeping well. Not even like he's sleepy. He's just kind of like, God, I'm so. There's another. <laughs> there's another okay, I gotta do the puzzle and. Uh, God, I gotta I roll take a, a ball nap. through a temple. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will. He does look tired, but I think also he looks more like Cameron Monaghan. Like, like Cal Kestis, like looks like Cameron Monaghan, but also like it, it looks enough like a different person, but this just like, they've nailed the likeness of Cameron Monaghan, which makes mm-hmm. me think I'm like, maybe live action appearance. I don't know. Maybe I'm just in the mood to speculate irresponsibly. I don't know. Um, I would but be yeah. so happy. That's the one thing that I will, I'll put a chin strap on my tinfoil hat so that it doesn't come <laughs> off. If we're talking about live action, Cal Kestis. Oh man. What do you make of the uh, blown up planet in the background? I, I do. Uh, I do guess that this is going to be some Death Star related stuff um, because, I mean, that's a whole planet, man. There's a whole blown right through it. Um, And I love the fact that Starkiller Base is sort of canonized thanks to uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, being on Ilum. I will say, let's not go back there. We're done, please. so moving forward, knowing that there's going to be some familiar threats, uh, I have an I, I have a, an inkling that this might be sort of Death Star adjacent, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, maybe it's, you know, some Rogue One kind of stuff here, but the timeline doesn't quite match up. So I don't like, as far as the Death Star, I kind of felt like Rogue One, we were seeing on Jetta like the demonstration as far as like, right. okay, well, what can this thing do before we really show it to the emperor? So is this like a test before the test? I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. It could be that or something else too. To, could, just did another, you think of that? Could be another, another thing. Another planet killing thing. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> another one. <laughs> Uh, they fly now goodness um Mm -hmm. no yeah i I, i'm really fascinated to see this i think as far like i don't know how many of these games that we're going to get but usually the sequel is like you know to movies or whatever is like darker so i'm curious if this is going to go maybe in a darker direction uh go in whatever direction you want man but i swear to god if anything happens to bd1 i will throw my newfound playstation 5 out the goddamn window yeah that's just not it's not allowed uh in the sense that it's like they wouldn't dare, you know, (laughs) you know, uh, otherwise me and me and Garrett are going to, are going to come for you. Respawn right (laughs) after we rob that bank. We're just going to, we're going to rob you. (laughs) We're going to steal all of your frame you for the robbery. That's what we're going to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you think of some of these, uh, DLCs? Uh, we don't really don't have like a, uh, you know, a ton to go off of, uh, other than like, Hey, it's that thing I recognize. But, uh, what do you think? Do any favorites or, uh, you know, any, any, uh, big reactions here? Here's the thing. I will, I'll pre-order just to, you know, to have the security of having it. Um, but, well, well, I'm going to do the digital one so I can download that sun before it comes oh, out. Cause yeah, you can do yeah. that now. You can like yes. pre download the game, but you can't like play it yet. You know? Right. Um, but in terms of like this sort of DLC stuff, I, 
I struggle with this because I don't want to be, I don't want to be Han Solo. You know, I want to be Cal Kestis. I don't yeah. want to be Luke Skywalker. I want to be Cal Kestis. Um, so I'm not saying that this DLC isn't like cool or interesting. It's just not for me. It's not how I would choose to play the game because there have been other games that do similar things where it's like, Oh, but you can do this skin and be this character, but it sort of defeats the purpose of having that character have a unique design or look or whatever. It sort of, you know, takes away from the lightsaber customization. I wonder if that's something that we'll be bringing back is, completely new lightsaber customization or if that's out the window entirely um it'll be interesting uh so yeah i mean there's there's that side of it as well i know in the picture it doesn't seem like he has uh double lightsabers or at least a double a double bladed lightsaber um even though his lightsaber is sort of still fully fixed um but I'm sure we'll get more information on that uh, literally in a couple days uh, because that's when the gameplay will happen uh, and we'll we'll be able to check this out a little bit better. Um, I obviously, like, you know, you can't really backtrack from doing the double lightsaber type thing unless it's like he only has one now, but he's also got a blaster and that's it. Um, I could see that, I suppose. Um, but if you're going to do that, at least keep some customization in there because you know that's what we're there for. That's absolutely what we're there for. Yeah, but like with the prior game, you could like... You couldn't like take off the double bladed lightsaber, but you could customize it in a way that it didn't look like it was a double bladed lightsaber. Like the bottom cap, you could pick like a flat one or something that didn't. Because to me, like, yeah, the double bladed saber is cool, but like Cal's emitter that he has is so unique and specific to him that like having that on both sides to me felt kind of wonky. Like even playing the game originally, I don't know about you, but like, I always kept that emitter like everything else I could, I would change up a little bit, but like that emitter to me, I was like, no, that's so unique to Cal. I want to keep that. So I do share that kind of sentiment as far as like, I don't want to play as like a Han Solo costumed Cal Kestis. Like I like the yellow jacket and you know, Han's look is obviously iconic and everything, but like, I want to play as Cal. Like, give me a cool poncho. You know, I think the hermit costume is, is is pretty neat. I think that's pretty cool. I hope it's a game mechanic that you can like put his hood up and down. I think that that Ooh. would be neat. Um, Ooh, it's the I little could, things. Yeah, or if, at least just like have a hooded version and a non-hooded version. I think that would be really neat. Um, as far as like the BD skins, I am not a fan of the R two D two one. I don't know if they just forgot to put his like little an- uh, antenna in that one, but like I don't like flat headed. He looks like he's got like, you know, it looks like he's a VHS player with legs. Like, I don't really like that. <laughs> uh, I like the, the, the little visor and then like the antenna and everything. He could help some emote. Otherwise, he's just like not he's you know there's not a lot of character there um the the luke skywalker lightsaber for some reason looks like oddly cylindrical like i don't know if that's how it actually <laughs> looks in the game there's like no like you know that the bottom there's of the no handle greebling. there's no exactly greebling. yeah that's right yeah um the dl44 blaster cool classic um again i, I kind of want to i want cal to have his blaster you know it'd be cool to like if there's different you know customizations or attachments that you could have on the blaster um i'd be really into that i just want to know like what sick as combos you're able to do with the blaster and the lightsaber together or like 
you know, I just, I, I just, yeah, I think that was something that was so fun is, is in the original game is like, there was just so much creativity as far as like, yeah, you can do this cool spin move where you break the lightsaber in half and you've used it two for a second, you know, like whatever they're going to do. Um, I just, I, I can't wait. Yeah. It looks great. It looks great. Do you have any other, uh, DLCs or like other, you know, f- uh, you know, uh, familiar looks of some star Wars characters that you'd be like, you know, and that, that'd be cool to see. I'd be, in, I'd be interested in that. Are there lightsabers or blasters even? Well, I like the idea of, you know, having familiar uh, emitters and uh, and handles and pommels and whatever, um, because that's something that I felt like I felt like the first game was missing a little bit was uh, a lot that was reminiscent of of certain things. Um, But, you know, even in the DLC, when you have that sort of Obi-Wan style lightsaber that Mm -hmm. has the the like the round pommel with the square pegs on it. Like that's, that's iconic because that was one of the lightsabers that I had growing up. I had, you know, the Obi-Wan lightsaber that had that on the bottom. And my brother had the Qui-Gon Jinn one that had sort of the, like, I hate to say it, but ribbed, like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) uh, like handle at the top. And, you know, those like pieces are iconic. Um, so having those as options would be very fun, uh, you know, to do, you know, some emitter things like that, maybe like even a, a, a cross guard, like hilt type thing would be interesting, uh, or some exposed decals, sort of star killer esque or Kylo Ren esque exposed wiring, exposed oh, yeah. crystal, you know, that sort of thing. I think that those details, having those little things as like, oh, it's, you know, it's a tiny thing that you can choose, but it's part of that yeah. larger thing. And it makes me think of, you know, that that's the reason why I purchased the actual lightsaber that I did was because the pommel is very reminiscent of that Obi-Wan thing, uh, but the emitter is very reminiscent of Cal's. Um, and you're totally right. His emitter is so sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I get better at 3D printing, uh, I'm going to totally customize my my existing lightsaber to look exactly like Cal Kestis's because nice. that's what I want uh, because I'm going to steal that cosplay from you uh, or we can both just <laughs> do it, it together. <laughs> we can yeah. both be Cal. There we go. Yeah, double the Cal, double the threat. Yeah, I think um, like... I, I do admit that the the first game, the lightsaber customization could have more of those familiar elements. Like there's pieces here and there to be like, oh, that's that's so-and-so's. But I think having more lightsaber customization as far as like, do you want a curved lightsaber? That could be cool. Like, do you want, again, like the cross guard lightsaber? I think with the popularity of the High Republic, that's totally possible. Um, I could see that really happening here. But I would like if it's like, you don't need to have a double bladed. You can if you want to, but you don't have to have one because I prefer not, honestly. Um, I get the appeal of it. It's just not for me. I like the sim- the simplicity of the single. Um, yeah. As far as like other blasters, uh, having like the, the Paz Vizsla, like those weirdly square blasters would be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm terrible with blaster names, so forgive me. But like I would also be interested in seeing the one, like the, the, the Naboo blasters like the chrome kind of cylindrical boys like that they pick out of the the queen's um like throne would be really sick the ones that Uh, look very star trek yeah and they're like yeah they're like like you look like co2 tubes with like a triangle (laughs) on the bottom of them uh that would be that'd be really cool but then also like like the Rex blasters would be great or like Django's blasters or something that would be sick rex's rex's pistols are like not even like a 
they're not even like an awesome design, but yeah. they're so burned into my head that they're so interesting. They're yeah. like stubby, but also like really tactical. And my brother had a Rex action figure growing up and he like would always be like, no, you can't play with it because you're going to lose his blasters. They're so tiny. Yeah. And, you know, but they're, they're also really cool. They have that like, again, sort of boxy uh, look to them, which I think would be really interesting. If there were different... Uh, blaster cosmetics, not just DLC skins, but if you could customize your blaster a little bit, I think that'd yeah. be very sick. Throw a scope on that guy. Mm, yummy. Yeah. I, I also, I think another mechanic that'd be cool to add is like, have, add, let me add some flair, you know, let me spin my gun. Like, let me spin my lightsaber, you know, not even like, Oh, do this cool move. Like, like, and kill somebody. I just want to be able to sit there and like idly just kind of spin it. You know, like I just imagine like, um, in battlefront two, you can like emote on people. Not that mm-hmm. I want to like, um, be emoting <laughs> on the people in a story mode game, but like yeah, slice you know, a slice a, a native creature in half <laughs> and then just teabag it, <laughs> you know? Agadobagdo <laughs> has it coming. Let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. He's he's got that coming and more. Uh, but yeah, like you know, I'm now I'm just listing off cool guns in Star Wars. But like Cad Bla- Cad Bane's blasters would be really mm, neat. Yeah, Django's blasters. But yeah, like just let me spin it. Give me whatever blaster you want. But let me spin it. I want to be able to spin it, Noah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to add sort of a third person perspective uh, shooter element to this uh Mm -hmm. i i wonder how far we've come and stuff like that because i so i just recently uh started playing uh PUBG again with my brother me and him play online um and and i'm not like huge into shooter games again i used to be but i'm not huge into them um but even still like third person shooting in video games is like difficult it's not easy Mm -hmm. um and I obviously this game is not going to be first person. Um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it's more of like a, a guided mechanic where it's like, you know, you kind of have that, like press this button to shoot and it'll automatically target to this. Or if you're going to have to aim it, if that works, how do you use the lightsaber in conjunction with that? Is it just kind of like a, Oh, you pull it out in a combo and he uses it. Who knows? I mean, that's a lot to juggle, but I, you know, I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking, this is current gen, uh, this is current gen mechanics, then who knows? Maybe it's, maybe the future is now. It might be something as similar to like an Uncharted or something like that. I, I think for me, where I go, as far as like, what's a game that you can have like, a sword or something similar to that or a lightsaber or like in projectile weapons. I think of ghost of Tsushima to where you oh, have yeah. like, you have like a bow and arrow. You don't have a gun in that game, but you have a bow and arrow and then also like a sword. And when you go into a given situation, which I think is where like kind of the stealth plays into it is like, well, how can you dispatch some of these guys and maybe be a little bit more quiet? And I do, I think that'd be a great idea. Like you had mentioned, cause like the first game, you kind of just walk into an area and it's like, okay, there's eight stormtroopers and they're like, Hey, what are you doing? And you like, you know, and then you just throw all of them off of a bridge or do whatever you want to do. But it would be really cool if it's like, you know, as the synopsis had mentioned, like the galaxy is a very dangerous place. And like the walls are kind of closing in on Cal and like, he might not be able to just go, you know, and, and just tear through an entire facility of stormtroopers. You know, like I like that you might have to pick and choose your battles. And if you are going to, you know, use force, like how can you use that in a way to draw, not draw too much attention to yourself? Or if you're going to go in there guns blazing, like, 
you better be really proficient, you know, and be able to like take care of yourself. So I think that there's like some cool leeway with that. I can't think of too many games that have a mechanic like this, I guess. Like mm-hmm. I'm also not like a huge gamer. So I'm sure some people are like, what about, you know, blub flocks part six, you know, <laughs> like I, I have no idea. Um, uh, it's, I hear it's a classic of the genre. They've but, made uh, six of them, Garrett. How have you exactly. missed this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I think it could be really cool that to like, you know, mix in that combo, uh, of, of the, the blaster and the, you know, the close quarters of the lightsaber and they got the force too. Like, but I also, I want to emphasize, like, I don't want Cal to be mean, you know, like, I don't want you to like force choke somebody and then like plug them with a blaster, <laughs> you know, like that's not the Jedi just way, force you know, execute somebody, just <laughs> yeah. put them on the ground, close, just... put it under their chin or whatever, you know, Yikes. like, yeah, that's, that's a little tough, but, um, I mean, Cal does like force you know, pull people into his saber. So I guess that's not, <laughs> not <laughs> what's the difference, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I, I think the mechanics of that could be really, really fascinating. Well, the, the force stuff is an, in, in, uh, excuse me, an interesting thing to bring up because um, with like the force abilities uh, in the first game, it's all very, I, I don't want to say rudimentary, but it's like, it's exactly what you would expect from being able to use the force in a video game. You can push, you can pull, you can throw, you can, you know, jump high, you can run fast. Um, but you know, again, going back to the stealth thing, it'd be awesome if you could use a force mind trick. It would be awesome if yeah. you could, you know, if you needed to move objects from across or like the distract room. somebody or something. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's that room there for expanding all these things. And like we talked about, you know, dude already knows how to throw his lightsaber. He already knows how to do a push. He already knows how to BD, give me a stim, you know, and, and it heals 10% more health. Uh, so those aren't the things that we need to, that's not the ground that we need to cover again. It'd be interesting to expand these things a little bit more. At least that's, you know, that's what I'm expecting from that, you know, that short synopsis. Well, I like too that like, so the first game is so creative about the way that you learn these abilities in such like a not like such a video game way, but such a not video game way too, that it is like totally encompassing. And what I think the force is, is that Cal has closed himself off to the force and to like learn these tricks. He has to relearn them. Like he, he knew them when he was a Padawan, but he's been so closed off for so long that like learning them takes time before he, He's like able to stand up against an inquisitor and get, you know, waxed by Darth Vader. Like, so that I think it could be interesting that if the galaxy is getting more and more dangerous and he has to then kind of learn how to be more stealthy, that's something for him to learn is like, okay, well, I've not had to think about this before. Like, how can I get through this situation? Okay. I can practice my mind trick. Usually I don't care. And I could just cut, you know, their heads off. But if I have to be a little bit more stealthy or throw that thing across the room or something like that, you know, I, I think that that could be, could be really cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of room there. Again, it just talking about it, knowing that Again, we're gonna see this in a couple days. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna see at least the uh, the bare minimum uh, of what this game has to offer. It's again, I'm coming back to the question of: Am I gonna be able to play this? Uh, because I'm like, I love you know speculating about these things, but realistically, again, you and I are not. We're not fully tinfoil hat people. These are things that that if I was making a Star Wars game, if I was making a sequel to a Star Wars game and I wanted to expand and take, you know, take advantage of uh, current generation console, you know, capabilities, these are the things I would think about. And 
you know, so those are things that I can almost, you know, yeah. almost fully expect uh, from this thing. So it just you know, becomes... You, you, not, not to interrupt, you know what I just thought of? Oh, what'd you think of? We should get some dogfight stuff in this too. Like that could be cool. Oh, like man. some, like some, we don't get a lot of vehicle stuff in the first one other than like... No, we don't. And we I would say no it's, vehicle like, stuff. it's a legitimate complaint with the first game is that like the Mantis is like... It's just the fast cab. travel. Yeah, it's, it's just the literally fast just fast travel. It's like you don't have any dog fighting. It's a big ship. I get it, but like, it, what if Cal is able to? Like, that's part of being a Jedi. Is like this the Starfighter stuff. Like that could be really cool. You get to customize a Starfighter or something. Oh my man, can you imagine customizing <laughs> a Starfighter? Like that would be so great. You get to do choose you, like you know, do you get like the you know the Obi Wan Attack of the Clones style, or do you get the interceptors from Revenge of the Sith, or do you get a mixture of the two? Come on, that's, that could listen, be sick. <laughs> that's what the extra fifty gigs is for. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if, that's if, what I, it if is. I'm yeah exactly if I'm buying a PlayStation Five, I want all the bells and whistles give me everything okay like and i guess that's a great question as far as like if this game is twice the size and requires a playstation 5 in order to power this thing so in layman's terms that little playstation 4 that you have can't handle it like what are the things that you're expecting to see beyond just it's gonna look prettier no that i think that that's i think that the the space part of it is a huge thing because I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, call back to a most recent memory, uh, and go ahead and say the star fighting stuff in Lego star Wars is like, it's decent. It's decent. It's not, you know, it's not squadrons, which is like to the max, like yeah. realistic. And yeah, we got to meet be... somewhere in the middle, you know, Lego exactly. Star Wars and Star right. Wars Squadrons. It, it can't possibly be as easy <laughs> as Lego Star Wars. Granted, some of the stuff in Lego Star Wars is like excruciatingly difficult for absolutely no reason, but it's no yeah. fault of the mechanics. It's, you know, other things. Yeah. Um, and Squadrons is like borderline unplayable unless you have a literal like pilot's chair and steering wheel attachment for your PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, so I do hope that there's a middle ground somewhere and that feels like that feels like a sort of requirement at this point is that if we're expected that this is more of an open world, which is mm. something we've not talked about yet, but you know, and it's sort of just the speculation there is that this is more of an open world. It's not as linear and it's, a little bit more exploratory then yeah, I would absolutely expect that space travel would be a part of this. And with that comes dog fights. Yeah. So I fully, fully expect that that's going to be at least, you know, one portion of it is, you know, here and there you have to travel through space and, and do these, you know, these spaceship esque things, which is, you know, from a game making perspective, that's an entirely separate beast than, you know, you're just exploring the planet, you know? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. Like 100% agree with all of that. Like I think with that too, you can also have this, you know, another stealth element, you know, with that, as far as like you have to transmit codes or even, and like, maybe you can acquire those, like, you know, how you get like, get like flowers and shit in the, in the other games, maybe you can get some of these like security codes or whatever, and be able to navigate the galaxy. And if not, and you don't have the certain clearance, maybe you have to engage in a dogfight. Like that's another thing that Cal can learn how to, how to be better at. That's also another thing that you can like upgrade throughout the game is your ship. I think as far as like the open world side of things, the prior game is 
mostly a variation of like Cal going to some relatively barren planet other than the presence of the empire and whatever critters are running around. And then like you kind of, you know, find your stuff and then you leave, you know, like I think it could be really interesting to be, if you're going to have this open mechanic of, you know, like if you look in the trailer that, that, um, Utapawan jabroni, who we don't know who it is, he's sitting like in an office. And if you look at the window behind him, there's like a metropolitan city behind him. Right. Like that could be really cool. Is like you go to this city and again, and I keep hammering on the stealth game. Like I want it to be like, you know, James Bond or something. But like, I think that that's, I think that's a, an element of this game that has been surprising as far as you're, uh, uh somebody in the galaxy who everybody is looking for. You know, like, how are you going to navigate that in a way that doesn't give yourself away? You know, there's a little bit of that in like the Fortress Inquisitorious as far as like you're trying to be as nimble as as you can be. Um, But I think that that could be an element is that you're like walking through the streets of Coruscant. And I, I think... I, I don't think I'm imagining this. Like, I feel like in either the trailer for this new one or in the original game, there was like a bit where he's like walking through a crowded area with like his hood up and he's like keeping his head down. Like that could be something to incorporate like the Assassin's Creed games, you know, like yeah, you're walking yeah. in crowds, you're trying to blend in. Oh, there's a battalion of stormtroopers. Don't want to get their attention. Otherwise you're going to have to, you know, fight them off or whatever. Like, I think that if you're going to have a game that requires this much storage space and the computing power of a PlayStation 5, you're going to have to do a little bit more to convince others to buy this console because I think that's a legitimate concern maybe is that like a lot of people haven't made that leap and I think for people like myself, it's like, well, if I'm going to spend anywhere from 600 to 700 to 800 dollars for this console it's going to be something that i think is worth it not just a game that you can also get on your playstation 4 so i think if you're going to do that offer me something new and i think if i keep in mind like what are the not necessarily detractors but like areas of opportunity from the first game i think that's something i would love to see like a more metropolitan um Coruscant-esque kind of city, you know? I think of Obi-Wan Kenobi in that episode, you know, uh, like with with Leia. I think something like that could be really great for this. Yeah, and I will say, you know, sort of my my final thoughts on on the sort of the requirements of this and, and the selling point. Um, I remember when uh, it was a few years after the PlayStation 4 had come out, um, or maybe it was just a couple years after the PlayStation 4 had come out and we had not bought one yet. We were still, uh, we, we were still using the PlayStation 3 mostly because the games that were out at the time were things that we were still playing on the PlayStation 3. It was yeah. games like Skyrim, you know, some of the Call of Duty games, that sort of stuff. Um, but I remember we, uh, we bought Alien Isolation, which is just... Nice one of the best games. It is so incredible. Um, but here's the thing. When we played it on the PlayStation 3, we could tell that the the mechanics were really geared towards the current gen. Yeah. Uh, and it was like the frame rate was choppy. The, you know, the sound was choppy. Yeah. Stuff just wasn't running perfectly. And so in my estimation, if they're saying, listen, you should get this for PlayStation 5. Yeah, or you will, have to. Yeah. Yeah, or you have to, then that to me says, okay, I can imagine how much of a pain it would be to run this on the last generation of console. Yeah. Um, 
So that convinces me in and of itself. Um, the size alone saying like, this is a, this is a, there's a lot going on here. And, uh, your dinky little machine is not going to be able to handle it. Um, so that like for me is enough of a point. The problem is if you're going to say that I have to buy one, then it becomes a toss up of, okay, what do I need to do to make that happen? Because like that, that affects the rest of the way that I, that I play games, that I do this, that I spend my money, that this and that, and it's a whole thing. But you know, the the main thing is it's it's so exciting it's so exciting that it's finally yeah. here you know yeah. 4 I years later it's finally here yeah i can't wait to get not only like a new look at this game uh but also apparently being able to put my hands on it you know very very soon so i can't wait uh next week we're obviously going to be diving into the gameplay hopefully it's a, a real solid look at this I, I remember the gameplay for the first game coming out it was like a 15 to 20 minute you know long gameplay trailer so hopefully we get something as lengthy for this and uh, we'll be sure to uh, uh scour every frame of that thing i can't wait i'm so stoked uh you and I are obviously very excited for the release of this game. So until we get a new look uh, this upcoming Friday, uh, do you have any final thoughts or things that you want to uh, bestow upon us before you wrap up and uh, go home? I've got no final thoughts. I just, uh, I'm just excited to see my man BD one. That's it. And excited oh. for more inspiration for my, uh, for my Cal Kestis cosplay that I'm desperately trying to pull off. I'm going to beat you to it, but you have that 3d printer now, which is, he- which is, sorry, uh, oh, God, maybe I have to steal that. I will see you soon. So maybe <laughs> he's going to rob me. You're going to rob you too. You in the bank. Me. Oh no, <laughs> we were in on it together. What the heck? All right. Anyway, Noah, do you want to go ahead and wrap it up and take us home? For sure. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover, you can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at scum. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah DeGeorge and Gary McDowell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time. See you guys.